Ion 2020, episode 100. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, the source that you come to daily, Monday through Friday, for 100 episodes now. That's right, 100 episodes for the news, the related events, the things that are going on as we lead up to the 2020 election. I appreciate you coming out and supporting the show daily as you do. And, uh, you know, this is episode 100. That was my goal originally, was just to get to 100 episodes. I think most podcasts, like I said in the past, end after 10 or 15 episodes or something like that. And uh, when you get to that 100 mark, that's where, you know, that that was my goal. I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do at least 100 episodes, and then we'll go ahead and reevaluate things from there. And my evaluation is this. I'm going to keep on going. My new goal, 200 episodes. So, boom, there you go. Uh, that's about five months now that I've been doing this show since January. The beginning of January, it's almost the end of May now. And, uh, you know, almost five months that I've been doing the show. Four and a half months. And uh, i got another four and a half months in me if I commit myself to that another 100 episodes. So, uh, you'll, you guys just stick with me. Keep on listening. Keep on sharing. Keep on, uh, you know, give me those five-star ratings and reviews. Keep on uh, subscribing to the show. And we'll keep on going towards 200 episodes, all right? So uh, I don't have anything huge planned for my 100th episode. And the reason why is because I just don't feel like I'm entitled to anything like that. To be honest with you, I just don't feel like, um, you know, I don't, the show the show is the show. And that's all it is, you know. Uh, I'm not sitting there trying. I mean, maybe you get to 1,000 episodes. I remember Tom Woods. He did a, the Tom Woods show. Shout out to the Tom Woods show. He did a 1,000th episode special. I think it was a couple of years ago, yeah, almost two years ago now. The reason why I know that is because I went down for down to Florida, down to Orlando, Florida, for that thousandth episode, the 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 recording of it, and it was really fun to go to. He had a lot of uh, a lot of people in the libertarian movement. You had Dave Smith there, did some comedy and so forth. Um, John Bolton of the Tenth Amendment Center was there. A few other people, you know, many other people were there actually. And then he probably had a crowd of. I don't know. It must have been five, six hundred people. I think it was way more than he thought uh, he could ever get to a thousandth episode. I even was talking to a guy that flew in from Austria, and that was to me. I was thinking South South Carolina. That's where I'm going from. I might be coming. I might be the furthest person away that's coming to this thing. But I met a guy from Texas. Met another guy from Austria. I met people from all over America, pretty much. Uh, and I guess you could say all over the world in that sense, since, since I met somebody from international, but I think there was a few other people that were international as well that flew in for that thing. So he had, he did a thousand episodes. That's huge. Tom Woods has a great show. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. Uh, he's, you know, the, the guy when it comes to libertarian thought on the podcasting. And that's really true. I think he's kind of taking libertarian podcasting to the next level 
He has a great show, very professionally done. Uh, I think he has a staff of people that works for him now. And I don't know if it's a huge staff, but I've heard him mention before that he has somebody. But yeah, so a thousand episodes, that's huge. Um, my hundredth episode, eh, you know what? My biggest thing is I'm just happy to still be doing this thing. I'm happy that you guys are still listening. I'm happy that the content gets better every day. And I'm happy that we're getting closer to 2020. Uh, you know, people are going to start listening even more. So it's even more imperative to share this show with your friends. It's even more imperative to go ahead and give me that five-star rating and review that you've maybe not ha- not done yet, but you're thinking about doing it now that I hit that 100 episodes, right? So uh, anyway, I appreciate you listening. First-time listener, keep on listening. Go back and check out some of the shows that I did in the past as well. I do have 99 behind me now. The first couple, I've always said this, aren't too good. But uh, ever since, you know, about the 10th episode or so, I think I've figured it out to get the sound right and things of that nature. Uh, Some episodes obviously better than others. So I appreciate you, though. We're going to be covering these candidates, though, 2020 candidates, the ones that are on the Democratic side, the ones that are on the Republican side, and those third-party candidates to start running. I was listening to a Reason podcast the other day, and they were just talking about the Libertarian Party and why on earth that they are picking their nominee in may because for the literally from about january until next may is when you're going to be all you're going to be hearing about is the democrats democrat this democrat that this person is running that person dropped out this this debate's happening this debate's happening um who's going to run against Donald Trump, who's the best person to run against Donald Trump, who's going to be the one that can upset Donald Trump, who's going to have this issue, that issue. That's all you're going to hear for the next year, between now and next May, that they are going to have the entire spotlight no matter what. And what Reason was saying, I I think it was Nick Gillespie was saying that it's just stupid that they would have they're, that they would wait until May to choose their party, their their candidate. That they would, you know, do it in such a small time fashion. And eventually, they're going to have to figure out a way to bring it in more in line with what, the way the Republicans and Democrats are doing it. And this is all sp- state-sponsored stuff that the Democrats and Republicans do. Though they have this big hoopla going on about their nominee, even every state gets involved in it. I mean, Iowa gets involved in it from the very beginning. You have the caucuses going on. Then you have the then you have the New Hampshire primaries. I think it goes on to South Carolina from there. Uh, then you have Super Tuesday in Florida voting and all these different things. And these states get to choose who the nominee is going to be for their pr- respective party, whether it's Republicans or Democrats. Libertarians have nothing like that, but there's not a lot of excitement built around the Libertarian Party because, and not maybe it's not because of this, because they're waiting until May, but. They can do something to get to get this to get the excitement out there about the libertarian movement, the libertarian party, get some maybe some minor primary stuff going on within these states. Something. Because you have Adam Kokesh, I think, has decided that he's he's running. I think he decided to start running a long time ago. Um, and then there's a few other people that have kind of dipped their toe in the water, but you know, now you're starting to see people that are trying to get candidates to run. I mean, they, they've been talking about trying to get Tom Woods to run forever, bringing him back up again, you know, but there's there's different candidates that are talking about running. There's t- different people in the libertarian movement, but there's really no person that is getting the excitement built up within the libertarian movement right now. 
Um, Gary Johnson, a lot of people knew that he was going to be running for the presidency for 2016 on the Libertarian ticket, and he was kind of like the famous person that the, libert- the most famous person the Libertarians had at the time. The reason why is because he was a governor, and he was a governor of state of state of New Mexico, and that's a high-profile place to be, as well as he ran his state. He, he governed kind of like a libertarian would, even as a Republican at the time. He was very fiscally conservative. He tried to find um, solutions to problems that were not going to spend money. I mean, if you look at his record, he, he ran it just like a libertarian would. So people were excited about Gary Johnson in 2012. And then 2016, a lot of libertarians were excited. That's why he got the nomination. Now there was the, there was the, you know, the, the more, the people that lean more towards an anarchist point of view, there was the people that were more, what you would call like a pure libertarian per se, that were really against this guy, but at least get behind him, get behind him in some way, right? But a lot of people were against him being the libertarian nominee and it got them not so excited, but but you cannot deny the fact that he did bring a lot of people into the fold of the libertarian party. Yet, you know, way more people than ever that voted for libertarian last election than you did in any previous election ever. More people voted third party in general, but it just gave people the ability at that point to decide, hey, I'm not going to vote for the Republican, the Democrat. I'm going to go outside of the norm and vote for a libertarian because you had that high profile person. And I don't know if that's a good thing. A lot of uh, there's, there's this debate that's going on within the Libertarian Party that says, do you get that high-profile person that is pseudo-libertarian, or do you get that person that is, you know, 100% in it for the non-aggression principle for all of the stuff that the Libertarian Party stands for? Is that the person that you go for? I don't know that other parties really follow that same pattern of what we're going to, you know, we're going to vote for that pure libertarian. I don't think they're looking for that pure Republican. I mean, they did, they did, they, Donald Trump... I'm just not the convinced that the Republican Party really, you know, is looking for the person that is a pure Republican when they chose Donald Trump. I mean, he definitely was not. He was the outsider candidate when he was running in the Republican Party. And also with, with the Democrats, I mean, they, I don't know too much about the Democratic Party. I mean, they haven't really been on the, uh, for the last, you know, eight years before Donald Trump, it was just Barack Obama, so you knew who was going to be running. See, they didn't really make the, the headlines too much. And then even in the 2016 presidential run uh, with Hillary Clinton, like, they didn't... You had Bernie Sanders, you had Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton towed the line. Uh, she was the establishment candidate. Then you had Bernie Sanders that was the outsider. Uh, but, I mean, the Democrats, they, they almost chose Bernie Sanders in that way, so he was way on the outside. So, of what they democratic platform is so most of these the two national parties they're not choosing their guy based upon the who is the you know who who toes the party line the most who really follows their platform to the fullest extent and things like that they're not looking for that uh and the republicans or not the republicans sorry the libertarians a lot of times you do get people that are looking for that. They're looking for that person that's going to be a pure libertarian. They're going to be looking for that person specifically, not the popular person, not the person that can get some excitement around the party. Um, 
I don't know that that's the best. I don't know that that's the best strategy. But that that is the argument within the libertarian movement. A lot of times is what's the best strategy to to go to market for the libertarian movement. And some people say it's the Ron Paul strategy, which is Ron Paul, if he if he was running as a Republican, he is unapologetically libertarian in his views, and that's what it really comes down to. He was and. I know the libert- a lot of libertarians say, oh, Ron Paul, Ron Paul is not a libertarian, he was a Republican, but still, his views are just about as libertarian as you can get. If you listen to his the Ron Paul Liberty Report every single day, he's vehemently anti-war. He is strictly against you know, foreign intervention, he's strictly against the government being involved in anything. So he is, you know, if you had to really ask him, I'm sure he would say, I am a libertarian, right? Maybe not a I'm in the party libertarian, but he's a small L libertarian. And he was unapologetically libertarian in all of his views when he was running for president in 2008 and running for president in 2012. And he brought a lot of people into the movement. He really did. Most people that you hear on these on these radio shows now, most libertarians that you hear that are coming you know, out with podcasts, most of these younger guys and younger guys in the sense that I'm in my I'm in my early 40s but those people that are younger than me even you know those people that were in their 20s you know early 20s and even in their in high school and middle or high school and college back in 2008 a lot of these people when they talk about what got them into the libertarian movement they say it was Ron Paul an unapologetic libertarian Ron Paul who was a republican Ron Paul, that was their guy. And when he didn't get the nomination in 2008, when he didn't get that nomination in 2012, a lot of those people turned away from the Republican Party. A lot of them stuck with it, though, and they formed, like, the, the Liberty Republicans and, you know, you know um, Students for Liberty and things like that. Like, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of things that came out of that movement. And I don't think that you would have the libertarian movement that you have today if it wasn't for Ron Paul. I've said this in the past. When I was... Run, or when I was became a libertarian in like 1999, you had, had there was nothing in any library about libertarianism. It was very hard to find information about pure libertarian. Like you couldn't find anything about from Mises anywhere. It was hard. You you wouldn't hear about it, so you would never know about it. If you looked into some of like Ayn Rand's books, you might have see some mention of who Mises was. Those econo- the, uh, the economists from the Austrian school that kind of establish libertarianism as the best way to run the, run the economy and the best way to run politically, right? Those guys, you would, it was hard to find anything about it. But you, but you get Ron Paul in 2008, that gets some excitement built. I remember talking to someone and they said that during the 2008-2012 campaign, they were running the, they were running a, he ran a real estate agent's or real estate office during the daytime, but during the evening time he would open it up for to have Ron Paul's people come in and make phone calls. He said there was hundreds of people in there, all with their computers open, going down these lists making calls for Ron Paul to get them to vote for Ron Paul in South Carolina. And he just saw some excitement around that because he was unapologetically libertarian. So 
just in my opinion, like, is that something that the Libertarian Party would need going forward? Is somebody that is unapologetically Libertarian. But you also need the star power as well in some ways. Because how are you going to get that person onto TV, onto the news shows, into interviews with newscasters? How are you going to get that person onto national TV, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN? How is that person going to get on there if they don't have some kind of name recognition? Positive name recognition, though. I don't know. I mean, that where is Libertarian Party going? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like I said it in the past, I don't know if 2020 is going to be a third party's year anyway. I mean, I just don't. And the reason why is because the Democrats that might vote third party, they're just trying to get Donald Trump out. The Republicans, a lot of libertarians and people that are liberty-leaning seem to love Donald Trump. So you might have a hard time with that as well. Now, if the Democrats end up running somebody like a Joe Biden, I think that you might get more people voting in the third party because they're just like, they're sick of the status quo, maybe. But it's it's hard to tell. I think that the people just really want to get rid of Donald Trump. A lot of the people that are Democrats, but also a lot of independents that are lean Democrat, they just want to get rid of Donald Trump, and that's it. So it's hard to tell. But hey, for the 100th episode, this is what I did. The exciting thing that I did, I actually renewed my membership to the Libertarian Party today. And the reason why I did that was really because I want to support the Libertarian Party going forward as a party that can be a little bit more pure in the views that it has, right? If you look at the, uh, the Libertarian Party's platform, it is very much a libertarian platform. I mean, it's it if you become a libertarian, the first thing that you have to do is is you're checking a box that says that you believe in non non-aggression. That's the first thing that you talk about. So, hopefully when somebody signs up for the libertarian party, they take that to heart and they may not, but at least that's the cornerstone. That's the foundation. That's the first thing that you see when you join the libertarian party, and that's a good thing. That is a good thing. If you look at the... I've, I've, I've done the Libertarians platform before on one of these shows. And I went ahead and, you know, renewed my membership for another year in the Libertarian Party. Uh, and I, I'm not an active member. I wish I was a little bit more active. I think that my active... The thing that I feel like I could do is bring you guys a show every single day, Monday through Friday, that leans libertarian, that talks about libertarian issues, that takes a libertarian take on the 2020 election. That's what I've been trying to do for the last, you know, four or five months now, and that's what I'm going to continue to do, and that's what I can do to hopefully bring some people into the fold, right? Uh, What can you do, though? What can you do, listener? If you're listening to this show, what can you do to bring more people into the libertarian movement? That's what Donald, that's what um, not Donald Trump. That's what Ron Paul said to somebody. That's like a, a famous thing that he always talks about. People walked up to him and said, "Well, what can I do? Should I run for office? What can I do to bring the the message of liberty to more people?" And Ron Paul said, "Do something. You don't have to run for office. That's probably the last thing you should do. Actually, is run for office because you're gonna have a lot less 
you're gonna you're everything becomes political when you run for office, right? But if you're just educating people, if you're educating people to turn their backs away from government, I think that's a that's a way more successful way. You can do it within your local community. You can do it nationally. You can do it just with your friends. Whatever it takes, tell people more. You water that tree of liberty. Don't let it shrivel up. You know. We have an important message, a message that says that that what the government does infringes upon your liberty and what you do, you know, that you have you should have individual choice, you should have individual freedom, you should have liberty in this world, and the government should not be infringing upon those things because the government is always trying to take away more of your rights. And that's the thing that we need to talk about. We need to re, we need to look back and remember, you know, the reason why the reason why Hitler was able to do what he did is because people believed in that authority, right? One man that has the has the thought thought process of Hitler can do nothing in this world, nothing at all. He could hate Jews all he wants. He could he could think that blonde-haired, blue-eyed people are the superior race. You could think that all you want. But unless you have the people behind you, unless you have that figure that thought process that you are the authority and that people believe that you're the authority that's the only way that Hitler can accomplish what he did because he had the backing of a government behind him and people followed that they thought that it was right they might have known that it was wrong but they still carried out those orders because of the belief in authority so what we need to do is we need to teach that the, the, yeah, the government may be an authority in our lives, but we don't have to do everything that it says. We need to protect our rights. We need to protect our liberty and protect our property. And we can do that. So anyway, guys, um, that's why I joined the libertarian movement because I think that it is, you know, between the Republicans and Democrats, the Republicans, as we know, are willing to, be, willing to do whatever they want, whatever they can just to keep power. And we know the Democrats the same way. At least the Libertarian Party is the one that's out there that's saying, no, let's put a stop to all this. Let's at least be, you know, let's at least take a reasonable approach to this and realize that the government is not the answer to every single thing. And that's why I decided to vote, or decided to go ahead and um, re-establish my membership as a libertarian. So I, I think uh, I think my membership would have expired about three or four months ago, maybe five months ago. And I got the little email from Nick Sarwark the other day. And it said, you know, go ahead and renew your membership. So I did. And now I'm officially a member on my 100th episode. So hey, uh, but I, I appreciate all of you that listen to the show uh, 100 episodes, you know, hopefully I didn't bore you for the last 100 episodes. Hopefully for the next 100 episodes, I will really intrigue you and keep you listening and f- make you think to yourself, I just want to share this show with all my friends. That's what I'm hoping that you will do. Uh, give me that five-star rating and review and go ahead and subscribe tomorrow so you can hear it. And then you can have clear vision for 2020.